Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Cup, brought to you by Cup of Hemlock Theater. Once again, I am your host, Ryan Brockovich, Literary Manager of Cup of Hemlock, and today I am joined by another very special guest. She is a local actor in Toronto, and uh, the main reason why we brought her on here is because she's been in quite a few Zoom productions over the course of this quarantine, and considering that's the main medium we have for experiencing theater and the arts in general, I thought this was worth digging into further, as well as listening to her path towards these productions and experience throughout them. So Alicia Plummer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, it's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to talking about all these shows you've been in. But before we do, we have always our favorite question. What's in your cup today? I am drinking English breakfast tea. Um, it's a little hot right now, so I might sip it a bit later. <laughs> but I do like tea, so that's what's happening. Perfect. Tea is always good, even when it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another question we could start with, I'm sure you hear this all the time, so feel free to roll your eyes at it. Any relation to Christopher Plummer <laughs> I in the Canadian theater ecosystem? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's fair. We actually just on our other series where we review Stratford Productions, we just did his Tempest from 2010. Nice. So clearly the cup is going through a bit of a plumber phase at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> was worth asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What if I said yes, though? That would and be that would be amazing. <laughs> Maybe you could get your uncle on the show sometime. <laughs> no, but we want to talk to you first and foremost. So <laughs> totally. forget your more famous not uncle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess just we often like to begin with just tell us a little about yourself. This could be how you first got into theater, some of your career highlights so far. The floor is yours to describe yourself as you please. Okay. Um, I guess I first was like interested in theater back in elementary school when we were doing like a bullying workshop type play. I can't remember exactly why. Well, you know, you're a kid, bullying happens. Maybe that's why. But anyway, I was playing the kid who got bullied and my line was no, no more. And I think that was my only line. But I did that line justice. And I remember everyone looked at me like, oh my gosh, Alicia, like that line was so powerful. Like it wasn't that serious. And I think for me, it really was. And that was like the turning point for me. Like I'm a shy, I'm kind of a shy person, kind of a quiet person. But uh, when I act, I feel like that brings out my personality, like what people don't see when, when they first meet me, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, so I think when that happened in ele elementary school, I realized like, oh, people are noticing me. People are hearing my voice. Um, people are seeing me more. And I think that was like the starting point. Um, and then I started to get serious about acting and theater in high school. Um, I was in The Outsiders. I played Pony Boy. Yes. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Um, and I think that really like opened my mind to like just diving in and really loving theater and being around people who also love theater and stage managers and directors. And it was just, it's just a world of fun 
and a lot of hard work. Um, totally worth it though. So yeah, that was kind of like my beginning story. <laughs> nice. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> uh, so do you have any formal training in theater at post high school or afterward? And if so, where have you studied? Uh, so I went to the University of Windsor for uh, my BFA in acting. And that is a four-year program. I was there for five years, but that was cool. That was fun. Uh, met a lot of friends there, made some connections. I also had some training um, before I went, was, was in the program. I went to Cindy Tannis's, no, I went to Cindy Tannis acting studio in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think that was only for the summer before I, I was in the program. So that was just something to kind of like get me prepared and get me ready. Um, and then I was in Muncie, Indiana at some point. Okay. That was during school. That I was in the BFA program. And I think during one summer, I went to do a mask workshop with Jonathan Becker. That was awesome. Cool. So... Oh, and then during quarantine, so very recently, I did um, Armstrong Acting Studios just for one of their online acting courses. Right. Just trying to, you know, keep up and keep my tools ready. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. I think as we'll get into in just a moment, you've done a very good job of keeping yourself sharp and active in the industry during quarantine. So certainly that probably was, you know, time well spent, I would say. I, I think so. It's yeah, I agree. I'm just gonna say I agree. Mm -hmm. I like to I like to uh, keep up, I guess. Yeah, it's good. Well, that kind of was a perfect smooth transition to the main thing we wanted to talk to you about today. And that is all of these zoom productions that you've been involved in. So just kind of backstory for our viewers. Um, the impetus for getting you on the show because you and I did not know each other prior to this like many of the guests often are just like okay who do I know in the theater community who's doing stuff like yeah. um but uh I a while back early in quarantine watched a, a zoom play called Can Lit Can Suck It great title <laughs> great play <laughs> and you were in it among other performers and then a little while later I watched The Larrabee Project uh, another zoom production which was actually by directed by a friend of the company who's been interviewed on this show before, Autumn Smith, and a member of our company, Jillian Robinson, was also in the cast for that as well. And there I recognize you like, hey, she was in Can't Like Can Suck It, that's cool. And then a little while after that, I saw that there was a, a Facebook event for another play called A Period Piece. And as I was looking through the cast, I was like, okay, this is person is in so many Zoom plays. Like we've we've done a lot of these interviews where we're talking to people who are like producing and directing and spearheading a lot of this work that's happening during quarantine. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool to talk to someone who has been in these productions, not necessarily the like producing voice who's making them happen or deciding to do them, but someone who's just having to deal with the experience of acting on this digital stage that has been kind of with some growing pains cultivated during this quarantine. So mm -hmm. since you I, are easily the most prolific performer that I've seen appearing in various Zoom plays <laughs> since quarantine, I, I really wanted to talk to you about all of these productions you've done. And even though 
Candlelit Kentucky was the first one I saw. That actually wasn't the first one you've done in quarantine, correct? The first one I did was a 2020 Quarantine Dream, mm-hmm. and that was organized by Maddie McLean. And um, I'm just thinking back to it because it feels like it was like three years ago, but I think it was like in <laughs> March yeah. or April. It's Corona time. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time is different all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. That was the very first online uh, performance, I guess, that I was involved in. And basically, 2020 is 20 actors doing monologues, and it's almost like a cabaret when it's done like on stage. So I, I got involved with that in January. I was in 2020. Um, 2020 vision that's what it was called so that was all about like the future and visions and that was that was pre-covid that was like an actual live theater performance that was a live theater performance back in january or february yeah. back at the beginning of the year um so i kept in touch with maddie and then he started to write quarantine dreams and i was involved in that and that's where i played a there wasn't a name for my character but <laughs> I was basically playing uh, a girl who was a a YouTube sensation, and she was like talking about how like she was talking about makeup and things. But there was also zombies outside her house, so it was very much so like, "Hi, we're gonna talk about the perfect liquid line." Oh, what was that? Just the zombie by my door. It, it was very like apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic. I think that's the right word. Yeah. Uh, Depends how far gone depends. into the apocalypse you are. Are we post-apocalyptic right now, or is this still the apocalypse? Hard to say. Very hard to say. Um, so that's what that was about. That was so fun. That was yeah. just such a fun time. Yeah. I mean, considering the circumstances, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of that experience overall? It was really interesting and also nerve-wracking to watch the actual performance live because mm-hmm. in theater you just do it and you don't have to see it other people right. see it and that's great um so that was the first time i had to like sit and just watch myself as other people were watching right so i was like terrified which is how um, most film actors have traditionally felt i'm sure okay. you being a main theater performer yeah you're not used to that but but yeah, yeah, this blending of theater and film, I think, is kind of one of the most strange things that has happened in this whole <laughs> Zoom frontier. <laughs> so strange. It works, but it is, it's different, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, cool. So then after that, Canlet Can Suck It was the next one where I was yeah. introduced to you. Uh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how did you get involved in that one? Uh, Canlet Can Suck It. So I, I don't know why. I've, said it again it's just a fun thing to say it's a fun title, <laughs> a fun title. it rhymes it's accurate <laughs> it, it's just all around great <laughs> so i know the director and she reached out to me yeah, izzy. Izzy. Yes. yes i know so that's how i found out about the show izzy this is going to sound funny when we hear a moment what the play's about but i was izzy's ta in a theater history class at the university of ottawa a number of years ago <laughs> so I don't know if now you're connecting dots who is where these characters based on. I hope it's not based on. Well, I don't know. The TA turns out okay in the end, but continue. <laughs> in the end of this. Um... So, so you you know it. You knew Izzy. Go on. Yes, uh, and she was mentioning 
that she like was directing a play and it was going to be virtual because at first i believe she was trying to do it uh stage well like everyone was trying to do everything yeah. stage before things switched um but then she was telling me that it's now being done online and i was like hey can i audition and she was like yeah so that's kind of how that happened i didn't think i was going to get the part because i'm not necessarily uh hamlet major i yeah i'm not a history major either i do enjoy history it's fun sometimes sometimes it's not so fun um but yeah i ended up being in the production i played donna um who is the who is a character who is obsessed with ken lit who will stick up for it defend it and it was such a fun character to play but a lot of people like i was kind of like the antagonist well, the- I, I wouldn't even say antagonist you were kind of the voice of the opposition kind of the uh, play was like not not like opposition like in a bad way but necessarily mm-hmm. but the play i think very clearly had multiple thesis statements on yes. what it's all about and the state of canadian literature and the study thereof and how we remember this history and mm-hmm. you were the voice like kind of dissenting against or you were setting up the arguments that needed to be kind of deconstructed a little bit Pretty much, yes you explained it perfectly and i don't even know if i exactly said what the play was about oh so, so yes let's dial that back <laughs> tell us about the play <laughs> For those who didn't see it, it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, Kenlet Can Suck It is about a classroom done over Zoom, and it, it, the TA is organizing it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if people, the students are doing this for extra credit, and it's um, a first year university Kenlet course. And it almost kind of analyzes what can lit is about and if it's necessarily beneficial or if it's necessarily like relevant to now and certain authors that are making a difference now versus then it's 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 a controversial play looking back on it um it was fun there's a lot of thesis statements as ryan mentioned there's a lot of back and forth uh putting people in their place. It's, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a good uh, play to be in for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it was very good. And one thing that like, I especially liked about the play is just, especially knowing that it wasn't intended to be a Zoom play from the start mm-hmm. of everything I've seen in quarantine so far. I think that play had the most creative uses of Zoom, <laughs> like just across the board. Cause like, I've seen a lot of plays, many of the ones you've been in as well that are like, Zoom is the stage we're using, but it's not set on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Whereas this was almost a site-specific Zoom play because yeah. it was a class set over Zoom and a lot of like parts of the Zoom medium were integrated into the performance. Like mm-hmm. there was the chat box on the side where some of the students were having their private conversation while other students were talking, I think while you were talking about how much you love <laughs> Susanna Moody, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and there was, you know, there was a screen share element with a slideshow and then there was jokes in other tabs that you could see on the screen kind of about what the student was sort of Googling. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like really creative. Like, if we have to migrate this play over Zoom, let's make Zoom a character in the play almost, or at least part of the setting. I, I was really kind of, I was like smirking along with a lot of that. 
And yes, being Izzy's TA, I, I, Izzy, I'm sure, has had many TAs <laughs> over the years. So I'd like to think it wasn't a Canlet course then I had her. It was just a general <laughs> theater history course, which had some Canadian plays on there. And, but we had a cool prof, though, that tried to certainly diversify and make the curriculum pretty recent. So hopefully, you know, Izzy, if you're watching this, well, I hope you're watching this because two people you know are on the screen. <laughs> uh, if you're watching this, you can chime in at the comments that, yes, Ryan, you were the TA. You can suck it, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's OK. Uh, so great. Canley can suck it. Then after that, this one at time of recording was just this past weekend. I believe the next one you did was called A Period Piece by Mrs. Productions. I guess on Saturday. It was this past Saturday, and I sadly yeah. I, I was unavailable to watch it live on Saturday. I thought, oh no, I'm going to miss it. And then, you know, for those watching now, it is actually still available until September 4th online through the Mrs. Productions. Is it only on Facebook, I think? Um, yes, is, that yeah. is only on Facebook. Um, yep, it's available up until September 4th, which is awesome. So, if you... Uh, yeah still want to tune in. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. How did you get involved in that one? Okay, so everything is connected. Um, so a lovely person named Emma, she messaged me because she saw um, Canlet can suck it. Nice. And um, she knew someone from the cast. So that's kind of how she kind of she messaged me and she was like, Hey, I'm doing a play. It's, it's about, you know, menstruation and whatever. Let me know if you're interested. I saw you in Canlet can suck it. Why am I giving her that voice? Anyway, she doesn't talk like that. Um, I give everyone a, a voice. Anyways, moving on. I immediately was like, oh, this sounds empowering. I'm interested. And then the rehearsal process started. It was about two months every, uh, twice a week, two months, twice a week. And it's such a, like, powerful piece um like i'm i'm shocked that we've finally finished it's it's a workshop though it's i'm pretty sure like i'm hoping one day i'll get to do it on stage as for many of these zoom plays that i'm in unless they're specifically designed for zoom kind of like can like can suck it even so that it worked perfectly in zoom but even that i think was because it was intended for a, like a site-specific yeah. classroom performance could certainly work Exactly. I'd like That's to true. see it live someday. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> so, period piece. So we'll tell us a little bit about the content of well, what what is this piece? What is this period piece about? Sure. <laughs> um, so I played actor one slash Allie, mm -hmm. and it kind of starts off with my character getting her period, and then all of a sudden the play dives into um Basically, the history of periods. There's a whole historian section. With glasses. With glasses, <laughs> specifically, yeah. yes. Um, we talk about, oh, there's so many things. We talk about period sex in British accents. Is that is that a spoiler? Okay, it's a spoiler. Well, it's I, a <laughs> bit of a, it's, it's a very hard play to spoil, I think, because <laughs> it's just like kind of these little vignettes sprinkled throughout a bit of a cabaret almost, so. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> a um, period cabaret. <laughs> yeah, a period cabaret, yes. Um, there's personal stories that pop up within the show of points where the actors step out of character to talk about their own personal periods and their first periods and it's it's very it's personal it's 
it's touching. Um, we also talked about how not all menstruators are like feminine necessarily. Menstruation is bigger than that. It's larger than that. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a play. It's a huge play to digest. Mm -hmm. And rehearsing for it every after every rehearsal, I was just like, "Whoa, this play is something." Um, so Emma did an amazing job in writing it, mm -hmm. and uh, the AD Jermaine, she also did an amazing job in uh, assisting with certain things. The cast was great, um, and I wish we had a moment to just like give everyone a hug. So that, yeah. I wish we could have done that. I think that's why I'm like, oh, that happened on Saturday. Because it still feels <laughs> like it's it, not yeah. concluded. It doesn't get that same kind of closure that you would actually yeah. have with a real production, with a <laughs> cast that you actually get to spend time and space with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was a beautiful place to be in. I had a lot of um, amazing moments with the cast and just amazing moments being actor one slash alley and with going through this journey uh yeah. yeah yeah i loved it yeah and this was a production that was uh for it was a pay what you can slash if you can for charity it was uh diva day yes. i believe was the charity you want to tell us a little bit about what they do um sure if that's putting too much pressure on you since you didn't coordinate with them specifically that's fine but i believe it's important it's talking about a play about menstrual equality to talk about the charity that the play was also being used to support that is important yes shout out to diva day um so half of the proceeds um of the pay what slash if you can are going to diva day and I wish I could talk more about them. I really should have looked up more information, but I know they're doing great things. And um, I believe when we did the show on Saturday, two people from the company, I think, they talked on behalf of, of DVD. Yes, I recall was, that little preamble before the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was great to meet them for the first time. Um, they're doing great things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be great if whoever's listening, if you haven't already seen the show, you could watch it and maybe like pay what slash if you can, because it's going towards a great cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And if anyone from Diva Day is watching and wants to put more info in the comment section, that would be great as well. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Sorry to put you on the spot for that, but I'm glad we got to address it at least. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Totally. It's and important. Also, it occurs to me that I completely fudged the order of these plays because period piece didn't come immediately after Can't Look and Suck It. You had the Laramie Project in between, which I yes. literally have on my desk right now. I don't know why I forgot <laughs> it in the order, but yes. So Laramie Project produced by Littlewood Smith, friend of the company, Autumn Smith, spearheaded that project for as also a charity, which was for Muskoka Pride. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your involvement in that production? Sure, yeah. Um, so Autumn reached out to a bunch of us and just said, I'm doing Laramie Project for Muskoka Pride. And I was immediately was like, I am in. Um, and that happened, I believe that was June. I think that happened in, no, July. Yeah, yeah, it happened in July. So last month, I guess. Um, 
and I played I played a couple of different characters. One of the main characters that I played was Zubaida, and I also played a reporter. Yes, I played a reporter as well. A couple of different reporters. Um, I loved being a part of that piece. Loved it. It's a great uh, play. It's such a good play, and I have a memory of it from high school when I saw a friend in it. I think they only did a a portion of the play, mm-hmm. so I wasn't a hundred percent sure what was going on. I was I wasn't sure, familiar with the story, yeah, but revisit. Yeah, it's really tough to just take portions of it out of context. It's really about this entire sweep of yeah. like the murder, the news coverage, the trial, the aftermath, everything. So. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who are a bit unfamiliar with the Laramie Project, it is about a man, a gay man who was killed and um, some people would consider it a hate crime. Other people in the play considered it otherwise. And it's just diving into the people of the town of Laramie and interviewing them. And it's pretty much verbatim theater. Um, It's intense, but it's so good. It's so good. I recommend um, reading reading the play if you haven't done so already doing some research about it it's interesting it's based off a true story um i'm i'm really happy that autumn reached out and put this play on and i'm really happy the proceeds went towards muskoka pride because that's amazing and it was all done so quickly i think because it was it's film film's different from rehearsing and being on stage and all that stuff so i think i had like one shoot day to just do all of my scenes and autumn put everything together which is amazing because it's a long one um so i wish i like i wish i I really want to be able to do that play on stage yeah 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 it was great great experience someday when we're again every one of these things is when we can do theater again maybe (laughs) that would be nice but i think yeah while it was even just like a limited short engagement to just watch it live even though it was all pre-recorded to watch it live uh, on the day of like autumn essentially made a documentary of just kind of filming all of you reading these parts and like it could exist to be like you know maybe for like another limited engagement for charity again like could be released again but i would love to see it on stage i saw uh yeah it was vanier college productions at york university did did a number of years ago i saw that live production but another was yeah this is the kind of play that if ever i see it's happening i'm like i want to see it i just it's so good like and yeah, yeah just i yeah i've read it multiple times i've now seen it twice and yeah just really it's just it's very touching and mm-hmm. about something like so dark and brutal like to find hope kind of on the other end of it is really inspiring agreed it is it is inspiring um it's it's a it's almost like a tough play to watch mm-hmm. but it's also like you said it's very inspiring it's very deep and i for the most part i um i feel like i tend to enjoy comedic stuff and get past it in lighter things sometimes actually that's not 100 percent true it's that's okay. definitely not 100 percent true you could enjoy it more even if it's not <laughs> consistently the case <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true yeah like it, i sometimes i find it easier and to grasp onto things that are funnier but it, also i love the challenge of doing things that are more 
um, complex in that sense of like, I don't want to say the darker side of theater because that sounds a little, that's not necessarily the darker side of theater. No, but it is dealing with darker themes and stories and yeah. not necessarily one you want to go to just to have a good time and laugh at a fun show. There it is. There's, yes, exactly. But there that's, is value in the catharsis that, of course, comes with it. Exactly. Yeah, you summed it up. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so that's, those are the productions you've done so far at time of recording on August 25th. But interesting that we are doing this recording today, because on August 26th, tomorrow, at time of recording, you are doing another show. You already have your next Zoom production lined up. Uh, yes, I do. This is not one that you are acting in, correct? That is correct, yeah. But it's one you've actually, yeah, written, and are you directing it as well, or...? Yeah, I directed the show. Um, so let's hear all about it. Okay. So I, I'm going to start from the beginning because I wrote it so I can. Yes, please. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Degrassi and someone at work back in like January or February when I actually like could go out and go to work. Um, I work at a theater. Anyway, mm -hmm. someone meant, was talking about Degrassi. I don't know why it was brought up. It was brought up and this person said, like, I never watched it. I should have because I'm like, it was a it came up around the time that I was, you know, a teenager, but I didn't take it into consideration. I got so mad. But I got went mad <laughs> because they didn't watch it. Not they weren't even saying they disliked it, just that they hadn't gotten around to. <laughs> no, they also they didn't like it. <laughs> okay, okay, so they were judging it without having seen it. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's <okay>. reasonable. <laughs> just to clarify, <laughs> go on. I think either way I would have been mad, but yes, they did, they were kind of bashing it a little bit, <laughs> like not overtly, but enough for me to get upset. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so I went home and I wrote a monologue about a person named Grace who loves Degrassi and it, that's kind of how my play started. My play is called Fandom um, and it kind of was based on, uh, it was meant to be on stage at first. I kind of like thought about staging it in almost like a grocery store vibe, mm -hmm. like not actually in a grocery store, but that was the setting. Um, and now it's basically a Netflix party vibe. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're wondering how it got from grocery store to Netflix party. I'm wondering how it got from grocery store to Netflix party, but I understand Netflix party being like a logical Zoom fix for it, but, yes. but walk me through <laughs> the dots. How, how do we get from grocery <laughs> store to Netflix party? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me fill in the blanks there. Um, so after I wrote Grace's monologue, I started to write the actual show and I imagine three friends, two of them are twins and they're going out to the Cineplex to like watch a movie. But first they need snacks. So they're in the grocery store. So that's how we got there. Sure. And so fast, it makes sense. It yeah, makes no, perfect when you, sense. When you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward um, to Zoom life, to quarantine life. Um, I saw that Northumberland Players was accepting submissions mm -hmm. for their Summer Shorts Festival. So I quickly changed up some things and made it a Netflix party and decided that they were trying to decide what to watch on Netflix. But first, they had to be on Zoom to talk about it, to, dis to discuss it. 
So I sent that into Northumberland players and they were like, yeah, sure, you're in. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all. You're too hard on yourself. You've said that a few times that I wasn't Aww. expecting to get into this thing. Like every, you're in high demand. Everybody wants to work with you. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I guess I, I submit to so many things and I just I assume like, well, they probably have other people, but it is great when I actually get chosen. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was uh, filling in the submission stuff, they said like, write in your director's name. So I wrote my name, but I just didn't have time to actually ask anybody. So I just wrote my name down. Um, so had when you they actually- directed before or was this no, your debut? <laughs> never directed in my life for the most part. I've assisted in the background, like gave an opinion here or there. Yes. I was like a TA for a class, but it's completely different when it was just like, yeah, you're in, you're directing it. Great, this is the schedule. Um, so I was freaking out at the very beginning. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But like every everything comes with a grain of salt. And I kind of reached out to some friends and they were like, you're an actor, you've been directed multiple times, you have an idea of what you like and what you don't like. So I kind of went from there in terms of the directing aspect. Mm -hmm. um, with casting and everything, uh, eventually I got a great cast. Once everything was set in stone, they were completely down to try new things. And I was up front with them and I told them like, I've never directed anything before. Let's have some fun. Um, everybody has to start somewhere. So everybody has to start somewhere. Every director has the first thing they directed. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's a little nerve wracking because this is also the first thing that I've written that's going to be out there in a festival. Right. Um, that's just completely all on my own. I have other things that like was collaborations and whatever, but um, I'm excited though. I, I moved on from being nervous and anxious to just being hyped. And yeah, I'm just, I'm ready, I'm ready. By the time this interview is out, there will still be some time to watch it yes. at the Northumberland Players website. Um, I believe it's up there until September 1st. So it's some short oh. time, but- So if you're watching this on the day that we release this, pause right now, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> you have a day to watch Phantom. <laughs> and it's a short play. It's like 10, 12 minutes. So you can squeeze okay. it in there. Yeah, squeeze it in there and then come back and watch the rest of this. <laughs> And it might also be up on YouTube forever after that. Okay. That's what I was told, but we'll see. But I'm, you're I'm reluctant hoping. to promise that <laughs> if you can just pause right now and go watch it, you're probably wise to do so. Okay. Again, only 12-ish minutes, you said, so. Yeah. If you don't mind watching however many minutes we have left in this, you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, and you can watch that, and we'll be waiting for you when you get back. Totally. <laughs> Nice. Cool. So yeah, uh, so that's kind of amazing that in addition to acting in four Zoom plays, you're also kind of your first writing project, your first directing project in this way is also a Zoom play that is immediately lined up right after period piece just ended. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Um, I, I, I kind of realized that, I don't know if I necessarily explained the connection between Degrassi oh, yes. and Sorry. the actual. <laughs> Good point. Continue. Because <laughs> I was too focused on explaining why they were in a grocery store. Which theater. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But yes, please continue <laughs> the plot description here. <laughs> um, so just for clarification, 
a person named Grace. She loves Degrassi. And as the twins are, or as all of them are figuring out what they want to watch, Degrassi is brought up in passing by Grace, of course. And that's kind of essentially where my place starts with the twins um, being like, I don't know if we really want to watch this. Um, and they're kind of joking around and Grace isn't, isn't feeling that energy. So that is roughly where the play starts without too much, without too much information. It's, it's a fun one. It's comedic. It's just a little, a little giggle if you're, if anyone's down for something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a little well, snippet of, of okay. what's to come. Well, that's exciting. Do you know, I know, you know, you haven't even done the Northumberland production yet, but do you know, do you have plans on the horizon after for taking this piece further, developing it further, maybe doing it in an actual theater down the line, as we've said for every other show? Um, I haven't even thought that far, That's but if the, if the opportunity arises, I, like, I have this play, I have this 10 minute thing, and I could totally arrange it to make it staged again it can like jump back and forth and i would totally be down to do it um because of course certain things within the play that would look that initially i planned for it to look so good on stage just reading through it with the cast we were all thinking that's gonna look kind of weird on film why are they jumping so um we kind of like switched some things around to make it more film friendly but i would also be totally down to uh, switch it back around and have a version that can be staged. Like, I don't necessarily see myself <laughs> doing it um, unless something's calling for a comedic 12-minute piece. Like, yeah. whatever you got, then I'll, I'll submit it because you never know at the end of the day. Yeah. Nice. So I look forward to watching it tomorrow night. <laughs> and I look forward to hopefully seeing down the line what happens and to everyone watching, now's your chance hopefully <laughs> to watch it hopefully hopefully this will incentivize people to watch this right when it's released to realize that oh i still have time but i don't know how they'll know that in advance so oh, oh, fingers crossed um yeah. a last little thing i want to mention about uh fandom and northumberland players is um with every play or show i guess because i don't know if it's necessarily a play with every show in the festival each director picked a charity for proceeds to go to nice. and the charity that i picked is the black health alliance so yeah it would be cool if to actually watch the show it's free but once you register you have the option of donating so um i think if people are still watching and they haven't started watching a fandom yet or a period piece whatever whichever one um just want to throw that information in there because charities and making donations it, it makes it's one difference. that you actually picked that i imagine you you know have more of a connection to certainly personally but yes 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 mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's great and like yeah i think it's so nice to see that so many of these zoom productions are doing it for charity because a lot of these i imagine if they had been done just in general like in an actual theater you know it's it's so expensive to put up something in the theater just to put the deposit on the venue that you have to charge for tickets just to cover your own costs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. doing these inexpensively on Zoom really allows us to kind of pay that forward. Exactly. And because 
you are not necessarily charging the audience to watch the play. They're saving that money that they might as well pay forward to the charity of the producers choosing. So mm-hmm. I think that's really nice. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Great. it's nice to see the, that most of the things that I've been in, yeah, most of the things that I have to make, make sure. Um, it, it's also connected to uh, proceeds going to charity. I think that's a beautiful stepping stone for this online performance that is happening right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's great. So we've talked a lot about the individual productions you've done and are doing. I, I kind of just want to know, and you've maybe touched on this a little bit but already, but what has all of these experiences and all these productions taught you about the intricacies of making theater online? Um, now that I've been on almost both sides of the spectrum of being the actor and being someone who's like sending out the Zoom meetings and filming and recording, what have I learned was the question or what's the difference? You can answer it how you did. I phrased it as learned, (laughs) but like I, if you have thoughts on the difference then I would like to hear about that too. Okay. Uh, what have I learned? Uh, Wi-Fi can be your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, that has definitely been a problem for for Kenlet can suck it. For some reason, my power decided to go out during rehearsal for like four days, mm-hmm. so it was pretty bad. But only in half of my house, huh. so it so was you were like able to just move to the other half. <laughs> yes, like I kind of switched around. Um, but there were times when I had to call into rehearsal, which is a different alternative um, that I don't think I don't think anyone would have thought of that if on stage, if you're just if you couldn't physically be there, just call in. I never even considered that. But with Zoom and with these online versions, if it's just a rehearsal, that's a possibility. Um, so I kind of learned that there's some I guess there's some wiggle room when it's when it's um, online. There's some understanding when people are filming in their homes and um, you have to take in consideration where people are, if it, like what time of day, what time zone, because time zones come into play as well. Uh, it's, it's a different world, but it's also flexible, right. I guess it's basically. But again, Wi-Fi has been the biggest issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something that like I've talked to like certainly other interviewees we've had on this show before about their experience with Zoom is, and it's kind of been a recurring theme through a lot of these interviews is Zoom performances, people are a lot more forgiving about them is something that has been observed because like, yes, Wi-Fi can be a trouble. So the performance just kind of freezes or if one character freezes all the rest, no one's going to be like, oh, unprofessional theater because we understand <laughs> that. Like, No, this is the technology we're working with. There's always so much we can do. And a lot of productions, like we're not expecting the actors to memorize their lines because you could just have it on your screen in front of you. I don't know if that's, been, have any of the shows you've been in, have they been expecting you to memorize or have all of them been readings in one form or another? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part with, with, uh, quarantine dream, just cause it was a monologue, I had that memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, while watching the actual performance, I couldn't really tell who was memorized and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's one really cool thing about this platform for the other, for can like can suck it. And for a period piece, I don't believe anyone was memorized. We like, um, 
specific, specifically, Izzy even mentioned, if you want, you can split the screen so you can see the script mm -hmm. and you can see the Zoom as well. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, there was a lot of dense discussion in that play about <laughs> Candlelit and authors and his Canadian history. So like, yeah, taking that freedom, I think in that play in particular is certainly yeah. wise. Mm -hmm. um, with fandom, the play that I wrote, I asked everyone specifically, like, you better have this memorized. I'm watching. I know you, I technically don't know, but I can sense it um, only because it's a short play. And yeah. I really just wanted the first thing that I put out in the world to look good. Mm -hmm. But at the end, like as rehearsals went on, I kind of mentioned if you're not memorized, that's fine. Um, <laughs> do your best. So there is more of a, I guess, like you said, more of a forgivingness when it comes to this stuff. Um, yeah i hope i answered yeah. your oh you certainly did and yeah i think that was i don't know if you want to add anything like more actor specific like for your own style of performing do you find that the medium affects that in any way aside from the memorization um that's a really good question um my own style of performing has that changed kinda sorta sorta kinda like technical stuff i have like like right now i have an led light like a ring led light lit so i i look better on camera you look much better on camera than i do and i just my blinds are open <laughs> and that's the extent of light i have <laughs> um i also have like i'm not using it now because i i only use it for self tapes um and i don't know how to use it otherwise to be honest mm -hmm. but like little technical stuff has that i'm kind of excited for has shifted in terms of like acting things not necessarily mm -hmm. like a, a very specific thing i guess is instead of if, if like i have a person that i'm talking to on my my right hand side i'm not going to look like this right. i will look over the screen slightly so people can still see my face and stuff Mm -hmm. um so like again i guess just technical things everything's very technical when it comes to film and the zoom world but not not everyone's filming on zoom but that's what i have yeah. I, I like how zoom has also become it used to be skype but it's become like the kleenex of video chat platforms regardless of where we're actually which one we're using and say yeah, yeah. i'll zoom you or yeah very nice true. <laughs> uh so you've talked a little bit, especially like with fandom, how you're also a playwright and that you write. Um, you, I think, uh, any other performance arts experience outside of acting you'd like to talk about? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yes, that, so I write plays um, and I'm in a playwriting group with some friends. So that has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I write poetry. <laughs> I froze for a second, but I also write poetry as well. I got published on Trick Magazine at the beginning of August, which was cool Great. for my um, poem called Recognize and Get Empowered. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just thinking. I do a lot of random things. Um, <laughs> I also sing and write music. I do it more so as a hobby, but I, I was trying to, or I'm trying to lean towards doing it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, but I performed at, um, I can't remember, Never mind. maybe just cut this part out because I can't remember the name of the 
company. But yes, I sing. I sing and I play guitar and I write That's the main thing we want to hear about. What do you do? The company, yeah, it's okay if you forget that. <laughs> Great. If you Perfect. from that if anyone from that company is watching this, our apologies. But again, you can put that in the comments. And... Oh, I remember. Yeah, Dark Day Monday. Dark Day Monday. Dark Day um, Monday. Fantastic. Yes. It's an amazing opportunity. Um, when stage and stuff was a thing where like you could just go in and perform something, you get paid 20 bucks. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's beer money. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Cool. So that's all great. Um, I guess we've kind of, no pun intended, zoomed through my list of questions a little bit, which is great. Um, but I just have one left. And I think you may have answered it already without realizing it, but maybe thinking about it now, your answer has changed or you have something different in mind. But mm -hmm. what are you most looking forward to about when we can eventually make actual theater again after COVID has some kind of over, whatever that means? Um, being in a rehearsal space, mm -hmm. just being in my own space again, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at home, I live with my family, and rehearsing is awkward. I always have to warn them, like, I might be screaming in about 10 minutes or whatever the case may be. Um, or I might be, like, saying some words that you don't necessarily, that doesn't sit right with me. So beware. So I don't like having to give people warning signs. Like, I like being able to just walk into a rehearsal space, jump right into it, do some warm-up activities. Oh, I miss group warm-up activities a lot. Um, and just being in that professional atmosphere, uh, it's, I feel like it's so difficult to do that while being at home and being able yeah. to just walk out and see my family. Um, love being around my family, but I just miss having that space. Yeah, we're not holding this against your family that you also <laughs> want to be back in your own space and in rehearsal rooms. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned before, you'd like to give your castmates a hug when it's all over, which exactly, yes. wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. It would be so nice. I really, really miss um, like the very first day of rehearsals in the rehearsal room. And the very, like, I miss closing night and opening night with the specific, like, gifts and presents and little cards of break a leg and I miss that because that doesn't really happen anymore. Yes, we could like email you or I could email people like a little gift card or whatever, but it's not, it's not the, the same. same. Not the same at all. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I miss well, that a lot. Some theaters have started to reopen for actual in-person performances. The real question is, will the audiences want to take the chance to come out and see it? Uh, because yeah. it is still very high risk at the moment, even though we're in stage three now here in Toronto. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I think we'll all be excited to get back to some kind of theater normal, whatever that new normal might look like. But mm -hmm. yeah, in the meantime, it looks like it might still be a little while down the road. Yeah, things are slowly starting to get back to whatever they were. Mm -hmm. um, I know I'm very eager to jump in and just go to a show. Like yeah. I'm buzzing to just jump back in there. But with all the uncertainty and everyone's feelings and whatever and safety and all that, I totally understand that it will take a while. Totally get that as well. Yeah. Although we 
we tip our cups or raise our cups to those who are trying and making the effort to yes. really, you know, at least set the groundwork for getting new shows out and hopefully mm -hmm. everyone is safe while doing so. But exactly. at the same time, we really appreciate people like you and all the producers you've worked with who have been doing Zoom productions to, even in our own homes, wherever we are, keep us entertained from afar. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I've had. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? I don't know. Um, I, I think something that you said resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that there are people out there, and myself included, who are being a part of these online productions. And I'm seeing a lot of uh, people like my post and share my post because no one is really, we're all on pause. We're all in a, a weird pause right now. So in a weird way, I'm seeing way more people than I usually do interested in my things, watching my things, um, messaging me saying like, hey, did you already do that thing that you're in? So I think that's kind of cool. Like I usually I post things and it's like one or two likes. Okay, I shouldn't say that. There's more than one or two. <laughs> but um, just a lot of people that I haven't necessarily talked to or haven't spoken to in a while or talked to all the time will reach out. And that's I think that's something special. Seeing people being involved in theater that are not even necessarily involved all the time. Yeah. Who are just watching things because maybe they're bored. Maybe they haven't seen me in a while. Or maybe they're just really interested in the show. Yeah. Like, or they about, just like theater. <laughs> yeah. And I think something that I've noticed a lot with this is people who maybe would be very hard sells for come spend your night in this actual theater that you have to get to leave your home. People who aren't like, obviously, we're the kinds of people who are inclined to do that because we love theater. But for people who aren't, Zoom theater might be the kind of base that gets them interested more there. It's yeah. easier to wrap your head around, okay, well, I can take an hour of my time in my own home to just stare at my screen because I'm going to be doing that anyway. <laughs> uh, now, yes. hopefully people don't get too comfortable in that and then never want mm -hmm. to return to the actual theaters. But if this kind of whets some people's appetites for it and gets them interested and maybe the next time you do have a live in-person show, these people who have been coming out of the woodwork will come out to see those as well. Yes, that's that's what I'm hoping for. That is what I'm hoping for. Well, that's great. And if anyone watching this is one of those people, you know, you have been subtly hinted that that's something you can do because you like Alicia and want to support her work. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Alicia, thank you very much. This has been a lovely conversation. I greatly appreciate getting the chance to talk to you about all of this and break a leg to your actors for the show tomorrow night. And I look forward to watching it. Uh, before yeah. we sign off, if you have social media handles that you'd like to plug, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you in this online sphere that we've been talking about for the past while? <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook, Alicia Bummer. I don't know if my name on this video so people can see yeah well we will put we'll put like handles in the description oh, as well and the okay. title of the video is the cup interview with alicia flower so no worries. okay yes uh and as well just with facebook because it's different from twitter and instagram do you want strangers who might be watching this to send you friend requests because not everyone's okay with that i'm good with facebook and twitter no i shouldn't say twitter uh, twitter is a different world okay. um <laughs> Yeah, like you could maybe send me requests on Facebook if you're feeling it. 
I might accept it and we'll see <laughs> if you're into theater yes. and I know you. So yeah, yeah. but <laughs> maybe if anyone just who happens to be a stranger watching this does want to get in touch with you, include a message with your friend request. Don't just yes, yeah, be weird. Like you have no idea who this person is. Like That's fair. I appreciate messages. <laughs> okay. So we will include that in the description below this video. So thanks once again for joining us. Uh, tune in to all of the we have great content coming up with cup of hemlock very soon as well as alicia has her shows that we hope you paused this video to watch <laughs> and thanks for coming back if you made it this far and yeah we look forward to more interviews seeing more work from our guests and eventually coming out of the other side of this whole nightmare plague year that we've been living through oh yeah so. Thanks, Alicia. This has been great. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Take care, everyone. Thank you.